Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit. Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking, some are funny, to help you get to where you need to be, to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I have a co-host now. Her name is Sunny Days, and she is delightful, smart, funny, and is adding so much to the show. Hello, Sunny. Hello, love. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Good, good. It's so great to be here. Oh, Such I'm... a beautiful day outside. Oh, see, it's super gray here, uh, but I have to take my dogs out anyway, and that's a good thing about having pets. And we talked about that on our last show when we talked about human touch. If human touch is hard to come by right now, if you're living alone, please go back and listen to the show. You can find it on, if you go to amedia.com and click on podcast, you can find it. But don't go now because we've got another fabulous show for you. Today, we're going to be talking about social isolation and loneliness. Now, it has been a public health issue even before COVID-19, and now it's becoming even bigger. How do you feel? And we talked about this a little bit, so you just want to touch on it, uh, just living alone and, and, and without that touch and with the fear of COVID. How, how, are things, how have things shifted for you? Things have shifted greatly for me, Lisa. Prior to COVID, I was more active. I love to roller skate. So I would roller skate a few times a week. And, you know, that's in and of itself is um, an outlet. And there are lots of people and you get to hug and, you know, interact and roller skate, of course, um, or working or happy hour, as I said before. I, you know, I'm of the mindset that I may have taken those things for granted because now we aren't able to interact in that way. There's no roller skating. There's no happy hour. There's, you know, I, I walk the boys, um, two standard poodles, as I mentioned before, and there's no company. I live alone, but setting structure for me has been 
more helpful than just like, okay, I'm off today or I'm teleworking. I'm going to stay up late and get up late. No, I find that setting structure for me has made a difference and being engaging, whether Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, it just, it makes life much easier. That is one of the suggestions. I Okay, I have to get back to the roller skating because you mentioned in the last interview and I immediately was like, I got to jump on that because I loved roller skating. When I was a kid, I spent so much time at this roller rink in San Jose, California, which I heard it, it was there until just a few years ago. It was called Aloha Roller Rink. And okay. it was like my favorite thing to do. Now, are you roller skating at a rink or are you just roller skating outside? No, I am roller skating at a rink. Oh my for sure. gosh. I didn't even know those were still around. Okay. You need to tell us a little bit more about this. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> so there, are, there are a few around, certainly not as many as it used to be. And um, I decided I needed to do something besides sit around. So I'm not, mm, I'm not a gym person. Uh, so I thought, what activity can I do that I really enjoy? And I thought, I love to roller skate. When I was a kid, we would go weekly. Um, as a uh, young adult, I would go often. And then I don't know what happened. You know, life changes and I stopped oh, yeah. going. But I thought, okay, I'm going to start roller skating again. And so I started roller skating. I took lessons because I'm like, I'm too damn old to fall. So I need to know how to fall. I need to know how to skate and gain confidence. And I did. Um, and I have to tell you, the youngest person in my class was five. The oldest person in my class was 74. Wow. So people are still roller skating. Yes. So definitely at a rank. Um, And again, the interaction, it's you build these bonds and you become family and it's your roller skating family. It's just amazing. And it's great exercise. Wow. Yeah. I miss roller skating. Okay. So when this is got over, I'm visiting you and we're going roller skating. Oh, absolutely. And I, I have to put on the songs from the seventies because then it'll feel like I'm a kid again. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jumping back into the fun topic of social isolation. Now this actually this is, you know, I'm really concerned. And of course, just like I mentioned last week, this concerns or on Tuesday, excuse me, this concerns me for my grampy and many other older people. So there was an article, Social Isolation, Loneliness, and Older People Pose Health Risks. Health risks. This was before COVID-19. This was April 23rd, 2019 from the NIH, yeah, National Institute on Aging. Uh, this was on their website. These were some of the health effects of isolation and lon- loneliness. High blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's disease, and even death. Now, Stephen Cole, PhD, he's director of Social Genomics Core Laboratory at the University of California in LA. His NIA-funded research focuses on understanding the physiological pathways of loneliness, the different ways that loneliness affects your mind and body, bodily function, and developing social and psychological interventions to combat it. So he was talking about how loneliness affects your immune system. It promotes inflammation. It does all those other things we talked about. But this is something I thought was so interesting. And I know I'm reading a lot of quotes, but this this is the last quote. I just thought it was really well written. Loneliness acts as a fertilizer for other diseases. The biology of loneliness can accelerate the buildup of plaque in arteries, help cancer cells grow, and spread and promote inflammation in the brain leading to Alzheimer's disease. 
Loneliness promotes several different types of wear and tear on the body. Okay, accelerating plaque buildup. I mean, I remember when I was studying public health, I have a master's in public health. I got it in 1998. And I remember my one of my professors talking about loneliness and that it really is a public health issue. And he didn't get into all the minutia. But wow, when I read that, I was just blown away. When you think about it, Lisa, there's no interaction. There's, there's no activity. It's, it's really sad when you think about it, especially for seniors who don't have anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't have anyone either, but you know, I, again, I am technologically savvy enough for Zoom and other outlets where I can talk to people or I even have people to talk to. So yeah, I can understand how uh, this is a fertilizer for other diseases. Now, not only is loneliness hitting the older folks, but because of the pandemic, it's happening more and more. So I found this great article. I mean, this article is fantastic. It's on verywellmind.com. The article is How to Cope with Loneliness During the Coronavirus Pandemic. It is by Arlen Kuhn. I hope it's C-U-N-C-I-C. I can mispronounce Smith. Uh, if people listen to the show, they're shaking their heads. They along. They know I'm like the worst. So I don't know how to say this. C-U-N-C-I-C. It was reviewed by Amy Morin, LCSW, and it was updated on March 27, 2020. The first thing, and this is what you mentioned, is keep a schedule. I remember yeah. the first couple weeks when after my daughter's school closed, she had just switched to the high school mid-year. And it's a long story I won't get into now, but she was super happy for the first time since kindergarten. <laughs> And wow. she got three okay. weeks there, the big three weeks, and then it closed. So that's that's been a bummer. But the first couple weeks, um, because my daughter is in special education, there's certain laws that that they had that made it harder for them to just like the neurotypical kids who were e instantly like not instantly, but within a few days they were doing online classes. There's some okay. some complicated laws. So she literally had like two weeks with nothing. And she's sleeping in and she's doing this. And I was like, you know what, hon? Once you get back to school online. It's, it's going to be a rude awakening. So you can sleep in until 8.30, but you can't sleep in until 10. Like I wanted her to have some kind of schedule. But you mentioned too as well, because you're working from home. You're teleworking. Yes, 100% teleworking. And um, when we first started, I thought, okay, well, you know, I can go to bed late and I can, you know, I can still get up because I don't have to travel. I don't have that commute. And so I started staying up late. I don't watch much TV, but I love music. So I would stay up listening to music, just jamming and having a private party. <laughs> and um, before I knew it, I was like, I'm going to bed later and later. And I don't want to get up in the morning when I, when I should. And I remember either reading something or hearing, you know, that you should set a schedule. So that, it's, you know, it's not the norm, but at least if you set a schedule, there's a sense of normalcy with that. And so I try to be in bed by 10 p.m., especially if I'm working the next day, like that's my cutoff. And other activities that I have, which, you know, <laughs> aren't much given COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I try to engage whether it's I'm writing or I'm walking the boys or, you know, if I decide, okay, I need to prune the rose bush because, you know, just take the dead flowers off. Something other than sitting in the house, you know, getting cabin fever. Right. It's really important. Now, the next one was stay informed. Uh, this is right from the article. 
Uh, quote, in a 2020 study published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, an online survey of, survey of 1,210 respondents from 194 cities in China showed that people who had up-to-date health information and advice on precautionary measures had better psychological functioning and resilience. Now, at the same time, this says to limit your media consumption to an extent. If you watch too much news, too many articles, you can be overwhelmed. So there has to be a happy medium. And I agree. If I spend too much time on Twitter and I'm reading all the COVID updates, I just want to go on a ball and cry. But I want to know what's happening. I want to be aware. How do, where, do you, where do you fit in on this? I mean, it has to be a healthy balance. Yes, we have to stay informed. But I tell you what, when this COVID uh, pandemic touched down, the information, the download, the constant download of information was overwhelming. It was very overwhelming. I think it created a lot of fear and panic. And I understand the, the gravity of it, but just being bombarded with this information. And the other thing is things changed so much, they didn't have a handle on it. So one day it's like, nobody wears a mask except health workers. Then the next day, nobody wears a mask and unless it's someone who's infected. And then, you know, with the, the with the constant change and having to be agile, if you will, too much is dangerous, you know, but have a happy medium, maybe engage once a day, maybe twice a day at best, but all day, I think it will drive you bonkers for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I keep trying to get my grampy. My that's actually not my grampy, my beloved grandpa Saul, who you're going to hear a lot about on our show on active allyship because he was my mentor and my hero growing up. And oh my gosh, you would love him. He's such a he was such an amazing man. So we've been trying to get grampy to get Netflix or Hulu or Prime because all he does is watch regular TV. And yes, he watches a lot of Animal Planet, but I know I can whenever I call him, the news is on or FaceTime him, and it's like grampy, please please escape just a little. <laughs> Especially right. if you're all by yourself. I want to jump in to stay, do something meaningful because, holy cow, meeting Sonny, honest to goodness, it was like I was sitting in the dark feeling hopeless about the state of the world and what's going on. And then Sonny is literally like the sun and this bright light of like, oh my gosh, I can, I can take my passion for health for everyone and social justice. And we can we can work on this show and we can do this other show on allyship and having something meaningful to do makes so much difference. So you've got to find something. It doesn't have to be as big as a podcast or writing a book or it, it can be anything that makes you feel like you're doing something useful and that helps your mental health. Right. It could be gardening. Right? It could be volunteering. You know, there are a number of things, a number of activities, if you will, um, you could get to know your neighbor. You know, it, it's funny, and um, I won't take much time with this, but I have seen more people in my neighborhood, like they're strangers to me, because I've never seen this many people. Like, I know we all live here, but because of COVID and people wanting to get out, I see so many families walking and walking with their pets. I mean, pets that I've never seen before, people that I've never seen before. So engaging with them, even from a distance, saying hello, getting to know them, knowing that they live literally right around the corner from you, that's meaningful to me. Checking on my senior 
neighbor who lives across the street. I at least take her trash cans and, you know, on trash day because she's by herself. She is just her and her cats. So I want to make sure that, you know, that she's good. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Some of the suggestions in this article was sign up for an online course, uh, do a bit of work each day, create a family tree using genealogy websites, and sign up to be an online volunteer at the United Nations. I thought that was great. Now, speaking of walking, stay active. I got a Peloton. I know everyone can't just run and get a Peloton, but I have a lot of physical issues from old accidents and just, I was just born funny, my knees are weird, you know, so whatever. The Peloton has been a godsend because I can never right. really get a good aerobic workout without being in pain. And the Peloton, you can, I've been doing these like 20 minute low impact that don't hurt my knees and I work up a sweat and it is amazing. I also have a Pilates reformer that I bought 10 years ago, secondhand from someone I met. I got it for like probably a quarter of what they cost. And it's been gathering my desks for about nine of those 10 years. So recently I connected with the woman who I used to go to her class for Pilates. And she said, hey, I'm doing Pilates one-on-one. -on -one if you have a reformer or if you want to do it on your floor, Matt Pilates over Zoom. And between that and the Peloton, and then I used to have a dog walker who came a couple times a week because of my knees bothering me. But now I'm doing all the dog walking. And yeah, my knees hurt a little bit, um, but I'm getting stronger from the Peloton and from the Pilates. And now from all the dog walking, I did take a few days off because my knee flared up a little bit. But just feeling like, wow, I, I was not in this good of a groove before COVID. Now, of course, I'm not thankful for COVID. I'm just saying that for me, it's like, because if I couldn't get to a class or at the at the gym, it's very, very, it's tiny. And there was four Pilates machines and it would, her classes were always full. But now it's like, oh my God, I could do it from my home over Zoom. She can see my form and it's just been amazing. So that's been a godsend. Excellent. And I've actually taken a yoga class online as well since we've been home. And of course, you know, I had a dog walker as well. I miss her. Robin, I miss you. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tiffany, I miss and, you. <laughs> <laughs> and she loved the boys and they would, you know, take their walks. And so now there's, you know, there's no Robin, there's me. So I have to take the boys. And it's fine actually because I get to get out again, interact with my neighbors, you know, learn more about my neighborhood, not just, you know, where I am. So it, you know, it definitely makes a difference and it's healthy to do. And I'm staying active. I don't know how many steps, but you know. Yeah, I don't have a step counter. <laughs> okay with that. Another important thing to do is connect with others. And there, you know, thank goodness for technology. I was thinking if this happened, like let's say even before 90, well, yeah, I'd say before 2000 really. Um, but I was imagining being my daughter. So my daughter's 15 and I'm thinking, okay, I was 15 in the eighties. Holy cow what a drag, you know, like you have the phone, that's it. And three channels. You know? <laughs> right. Right. And, and even with the three channels, they didn't stay on all night. There was no all night television that's when I right. was coming up. Yes. You would get the sh sh <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And we're just like a year apart. So we, it's nice. We have a lot of the same references and I mean, it's just, it just blows my mind. And my daughter will, she has this thing on her phone called InShot. She makes movies. She writes, she should be the next Weird Al Yankovic. I keep telling her that. She writes amazing song parodies, which is funny because my mother, who she never met, she died 25 years ago this year. She used to write song parodies. 
And my oh, wow. bubby, okay. my dad's mom used to write. So it's this thing in our family that we like to do. And it's funny, Lila just has this uh, natural knack for it. But I see all the things she can do. And I remember being a kid and being bored. And my sister and I like, you know, making up plays on a tape recorder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so COVID is easier. The other thing too, that's like, okay, so I have a cousin I haven't seen in 30 years because she lives in Israel. She's very religious and she lives in Israel and, and I haven't seen her. And my dad has three brothers and they've been Zooming since COVID started once a week. And my brother's like, I want to get in on this thing with you and, and my uncles. And my dad's like, nah, that's our thing. Why don't you get in touch with all your cousins? So a few, <laughs> he's like, leave us alone. So a few weeks ago, I saw my cousin Naomi, who I haven't seen in 30 years. And I saw other cousins I've seen maybe in the past 10 years, 15 years. But why didn't we do that before? I don't know if, if you're seeing this, but I'm seeing more and more how people are like connecting with family or friends or that they didn't think to do before. And it was a really great thing. And we're going to do it again. I'm a part of something called the sister circle. And so they're like nine of us and we take, you know, an annual trip and so on and so forth, but we haven't been able to see each other this year. So we thought let's do zoom. So uh, we have set up to do zoom on Sundays. I think it's every other Sunday at like two. Hopefully it wasn't this Sunday because I totally missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping you busy by calling you every 10 minutes. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, and we're able to catch up that way. You know, one of my girlfriends is a, a new grandmother. Well, she doesn't, she doesn't use the term grandmother. She's, she's Gigi. Um, so she's a new Gigi. And, you know, being able to catch up with people. How are you? What's going on? How's your work life? How's the family? That really makes a difference. We even had a birthday celebration on Zoom. Nice. That was phenomenal. Um, there was music and happy birthday and birthday cake. And it was, I mean, even though I was here and everybody was, you know, in their respective homes, it was still a lot of fun. So there's definitely a way to engage with family and friends uh, other than that physical in your face uh, contact. Yeah. My daughter's friend, Max, had his 15th birthday and we did that drive by thing. And he didn't know. And it was just, the, he was just so moved. And Delilah at first thought, you know, oh, this is just good. This is, she's like, I don't want this for my birthday. It's just going to make me more depressed. But I think when she saw how his face just lit up, because at least you're seeing people that you love. Um, some other things I thought were great uh, is send a hand lit, written letter or postcard. I used to be the biggest letter writer. Oh my God. Back in the day, I love writing letters. And it's funny because my daughter's best friend, she decided just, she didn't even, she just surprised my daughter and she sent, she's super creative. She sent her a letter with a tic-tac-toe and she started with an X and then she said, you need to send it back and we'll send it back and forth. Like how clever is that? Oh yeah, that now that's cool. That is absolutely cool. And I love stationery. So I have lots of stationery and I used to send like cards and of course have the, um, I don't even know what you call those things, but like the hearts and things that you put inside the card. So when it, confetti, oh, so when you open nice. it up, the confetti falls. I mean, I really used to be big into that. And then, you know, we started texting and email and things kind of fell off. But with this COVID environment, I say, why not pick it up? You know, I, and obviously I have stamps, so I could write something, drop it in the mail and, you know, ta-da, there you have it. Well, after the show, I'm giving you my address. Hint, hint. Please, um, yes. <laughs> please, please. I'll be checking my mailbox every day like an excited <laughs> little kid. All right, we talked about this. Use video chat services. 
FaceTime or Zoom, uh, post on social media, respond to others' posts on social media. Texting is great. And another thing too is if you want to do stuff online, um, you can join groups that you're interested in. There's even, I even saw a group for people who are feeling overwhelmed and anxious from COVID. I think support groups are huge. When my mom passed away, my dad and I went to a support group for a while and they're just hugely helpful. And I think if you're Zooming or even if you're just chatting about what's going on, that makes a huge difference. And then this we kind of touched on in uh, last week's uh, talk, but I want to touch on it again, is finding sources of comfort. So give yourself a foot massage, use a foot spa, take a bath, focus on your pet, cook healthy comfort food, watch favorite TV shows or read favorite books, have a cup of herbal tea to help you relax. Um, what else do you like to do? We talked a bit about that on the last show. Listen, let me say this. Cooking is overrated at this point. I want to be able to order <laughs> out and go out and have somebody cook for me. Yes. Listen, Lisa, I'm so tired of cooking and washing dishes. I don't know oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know what? I'm just going to say, in this case, be glad you live alone because my husband is such a stickler. So I was used to him being at work. I put the dishes in the sink. I'm not, I, I'm used to be a slob. I'm not anymore. And he'll even admit that. And my, my daughter and I will be busy doing something. And then I would get to him. And now it's like, he's like the kitchen police. He's like, did you, did you, did you, are you going to, are you going to do those? Cause I'll, you know, are you going to, I'm like, hun, if there's a couple dishes in the sink, just cool your jets. It's okay. <laughs> Drives me flipping mad. There's a whole nother topic. If you do have a partner. Oh my God. I think we're doing really well every now and then. It, it usually is because my daughter gets super upset about something and then that will be stressful and then we'll kind of be snappy and then we'll be like, okay, let's not let the stress of her, you know, like, cause it's overwhelming. Right. And, right. but yeah, the dishes thing is tough. Although it is, I do have to admit, it is nice always having a clean kitchen. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. It really is. I, but I'm telling you, I'm more like, you know what? I'll just have peanut butter and jelly. I just don't feel like pulling out all these pots and pans and then I have to wash everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. It's so true. All right. So another thing in this was light scented candles. And of course, please use ones that are naturally scented. Don't go to one of those candle stores where everything is fake fragrance because that's really the full of phthalates and that's not good for your health. So make sure to do natural ones and practice sleep hygiene. Now, if you've listened to any of my health shows over the last 12 years, you know that my religion is basically sleep. I'm in bed every night between 8.30 and 9 because I know my body's going to wake me up. Yes. Either, either my body or my pity. It's, my pity blue is going to wake me up between 5 and 5.30. It used to be my daughter for many years. Now she finally sleeps in. I just think sleep is so important for overall health. And something you went back to before is without this schedule, it's not good for our health. Getting to bed too late and then you have to get up early or just sleeping in. Right. It's, a, it's a mess. you got to be consistent. Yeah. Right. Gotta have a schedule. Absolutely. Like 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. is like my cutoff time. If I'm in bed by 10, then I wake up fresh the next morning. I, you know, my thoughts are with me. Anytime after that, yeah, the next day it starts a little slow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could go to bed later, but my body now, it's been so many years that I'm just programmed. So it's, it's a little bit tricky. All right, create something. We talked about that earlier in terms of creating something, but this is something through dance, 
painting. Uh, I like this, writing projects, uh, practice writing in a journal each day, take up hand lettering or calligraphy. Oh, I remember my best friend from childhood when we were in junior high, I started doing, she got a calligraphy set. I was so jealous. I'm like, oh my God, that is so cool. I always thought that looked really neat. Um, start a daily blog journaling uh, your experiences for others to read, write poetry or haiku, write short stories, start the novel you've always wanted to write. And that's the thing that I think if we can encourage our kids, like, yeah, you can watch some TV, but I notice my daughter and I get in this bad habit. Like literally it's like three hours later and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just watched four, you know, three and a half episodes of the bold type, but they have a really Mm -hmm. good message, but it's like, okay, you need to go write a song, go jump on the trampoline. Let's take the dogs out, go write a story. You know, um, the other thing are art projects. Now I'm the least artistic person ever, um, but complete a paint by number project. I could do that. Uh, start a needlework, knitting or crochet. I don't know how to do that. Do you know how to do that? No, no, ma'am. I used to crochet as a kid. Uh, oh, but, really? Yeah. And I even have, it's my sister's best friend. She can make anything out of crochet. She makes uh, things for her grandkids. I remember her making a dog sweater for my sister's. Um, poodle that she used to have. So she's great at crocheting. I mean, literally she can crochet anything. I just never really got the hang of it. So yeah, that's something I'd like. Yeah. I'd like to learn. Uh, There's also compile a photo album that you can later share with others. I miss photo albums. I know everything is in my phone. Every, like all of my pictures are in my phone. I have a few photo albums from years ago. Yes. Um, but I really, you know what? That's a great idea yeah. to look through my phone, look at pictures that really move me and print those and start a photo album because I really enjoy looking through them. It's so nostalgic. Isn't it? So yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that's that. a great one. Now, a few years ago, uh, adult coloring books were all the rage. And I was on board. I have to say, when you have a busy monkey mind, like so many of us do, and it's hard for you to focus, when you're coloring, and especially when it's it's like you have to really focus to stay in the lines, it's a really great, quiet, meditative activity. So I'm all about that. Uh, Take up a new hobby like jewelry making or take up origami. There's also home projects. This is something that my friend Jacqueline is super into. I mean, she's one of those people. She's like, oh, my ottoman needs to be reupholstered and she'll just do it herself. And I'm like, I don't even know how to. Yeah, she taught my daughter and I how to prime her room. And, you know, we had all of these things that we were going to do together before COVID. But now we're not. But once, you know, but it's interesting because I've learned a lot because she's like, you know, the home project queen. And I, I don't know anything. Another thing, again, distract yourself. You can read, watch TV or movies, uh, create, listen to music. And, you know, I, I thought this was interesting. Take a virtual tour. Many museums offer digital access to their collections, including the Louvre and Guggenheim. That could be kind of Yeah, fun. I saw that. I've actually been to the Louvre. And, you know, yeah, what's funny? Yeah, me too. <sighs> the uh, photo of um, the Mona Lisa. Like we all think the Mona Lisa is like huge. It's almost like a stamp and you're not even getting that close to it. Like you really have to focus. Oh, okay. There it is. But you're like 10 feet away from it because you know, you can't get so close. So I thought that was interesting to travel (laughs) to Paris not to see that, but to have an opportunity to see it and realize in real life, it's very small. Yeah. That was really interesting. Another thing I liked was plan for the future. 
Uh, quote, while it might feel like this loneliness will last forever, there will come a time that you'll be back to your usual routines. One way to feel less alone now is to make plans for the future. Okay, so my first plan is to visit Sunny. Yes. My second plan is to have Sunny visit me. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm not a gardening person, but this is this is good. Order online and plant some spring bulbs. Um, I don't know why that needs. I get. I see. I don't know how gardening works, but I guess it has to be for the future, right? Because it's summer right now. Or are there certain things you can? Okay. See, I know. I have no green thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not really that into it, but I do know that there are cycles. So you know, like the leafy green veggies grow in the fall. So there's a planting season for those. There's a planting season for tulips, which, by the way, is my absolute favorite flower. Um, so there are different planting seasons for different flowers and different veggies. This article, I swear, is one of the really the best articles I've ever seen. Um, this is uh, Practice Self-Compassion. I thought this was, it's so important. Uh, you know, instead of saying, quote, I shouldn't be feeling this way or pushing away difficult emotions, it only makes your loneliness worse. I'm one of those people who I feel that people need to feel their feelings. You know, there's that expression I can't stand where people say, um, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like that's something people say to kids. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't have ever heard that. Drives me nuts. No, I never. say you get when you get and you're, it's okay to be upset, but you're still not going to get your way. <laughs> or like if your kids, <laughs> but I'll have all the feelings you want. And if you're feeling lonely and you want to cry and you want to feel miserable, go for it. I'm, I, I don't like Pollyanna. Everything's fine. Everything's great. You, you know, because guess what? It's not. And it's okay to feel that way and then put it into something useful like we're doing with the podcast. But to just tell people, and this is a whole other show, you can tell it's a, a sore point for me to just deal with it and don't feel your emotions and just, you know, whatever. That makes me, that makes me really upset. And then, you know, Lisa, it just depends on what people have been marinated in. Some people have been marinated in, you know, you can feel a certain way, but, you know, push your emotions to the back and move forward. Um, I say deal with your emotions. Like, don't stay in the pity party. Don't stay there, but acknowledge your emotions. And if it's something that you can control, control it. If it's something that you cannot control, release it. It's going to be what it's going to be. Is it going to matter five weeks, five months, five years from now? You know, but deal with it. Don't just push it back because what will happen inevitably is there may be like one thing, just one more drop of water that makes it explode. So you have to deal with it uh, as it comes to you. I, I think that's very important. Even if it requires quiet time, whatever, you've got to acknowledge how you're feeling about whatever it is you're going through. Oh, I agree completely. This one I love too. Not only practice self-compassion, but show compassion to others. You know, be supportive. Call your friend who's alone. Like we call Grampy every day and FaceTime him. And right. sometimes my daughter will talk for a minute and then she'll get distracted. And I'm in the middle of a song. I can't talk now. I just remember the lyrics this or I can't lose this idea. And it's like, okay, so my husband and I will talk to him. But at least we're reaching out. And again, if, if someone's really having a hard time, just show them. We, I mean, we always need to show each other kindness. I will say this. I am... Um lost my last living aunt of 16 on April the 1st. 
which is now several months. Yeah, I appreciate that. Her her funeral service was held on May 9th. So that was a month and some change. She has one son, my cousin. And if you can imagine during this time, he wasn't able to visit his mom in the hospital. He wasn't able to visit her in rehab. He's the only child. He's going through this by himself. And none of us, his family, his first cousins are able to be with him in this moment. So whether it's texting or calling or Facebook or whatever technology provides itself, that's what we've had to do. And what what was heartbreaking is because, you know, with the limitations, only a certain number of people could attend the service. Having to watch that service via stream, streaming, it was very difficult. So when I think about compassion, though I know this is a, a downer, but when I think about compassion, we're not, we can't even imagine what it means to lose a loved one, like on a, on a normal, in a normal environment, but this COVID environment where you can't be there to touch them, it goes back to what we talked about before, to connect with them, to encourage them and that loneliness. And then they pass and everything's just so different. So definitely being compassionate, showing compassionate, reaching out to people, whether it's your family or friends or all of that makes a difference. It really does. I am so glad you brought that up. I feel like a big dummy now because, you know, over a hundred thousand people have died. That is mind blowing. And everybody has to do this thing where you can't be there. I know a couple of people who died but they're not, it's like this publicist that I've worked with a lot, her father passed away. And then there was another person's brother, who, but I wasn't close enough to like be involved or invited, you know, but I mean, just hearing from them that, that hardship that you're talking about. Yeah. It's very difficult. It's very difficult not to be there for your loved one, you know, having your loved one die alone, go through the health issues alone. It's, it's traumatic. It, it really is. It really is. And I think that the other thing is that we need to stay in touch with those people because in our family, our friends who've lost people, because what happens no matter when this happens, but I think especially now it's worse, obviously. But, you know, when my mom died 25 years ago, at first, everybody's so concerned. And then a couple of weeks later, you really only hear from maybe a couple people. It, it And for me, the death, her loss got worse. And, the, you know, let me say that again. For me, as time went on, it got harder because the kind of the shock period wears off and I needed people then. So if you know someone, if you love someone who's lost someone due to COVID-19 or other reasons during this time, especially where you can't just hug them and be there, please, you know, be sure to keep checking in. I think that's that's very important. important. Such an important message. I tell you, we are just, I mentioned this, I think on the last show, we are Besherit. Which is either Hebrew or Yiddish word, I'll have to ask my dad, for meant to be. And we are completely Besherit. I feel like I found my other half of, you know, like, I tell Aww. people when they comment on, on, on Instagram or Twitter, I'm like, yeah, we are two peas in a pod. Like, Absolutely. Are, right? And you're just an absolute gem. I'm so happy you're doing Talk Healthy Today with me. And we're going to start our allyship uh, podcast very soon. In the meantime, how can people follow you on social media? 
I am Sunny Days Always on Twitter. Sunny with an I, Days with a Z, Always with a Z. On Instagram, I am Sunny Days underscore Always. Sunny with an I, Days with a Z, Always with a Z. Oh, well, I am at Lisa Davis MPH on Instagram and on Twitter. And please follow me. Also, please go to Talk Healthy Today. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, iPod, Google Play, on iTunes and the other places. Please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the show. Tell your friends and family. Let them know Sunny is here to stay. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening and have a great day.